All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield. Our thanks to Charlotte Wilder, who, again, you guys can check out, co-hosting Oddball, a basketball podcast with our friend Amin Hassan as part of the Meadowlark Network and DraftKings Network. Uh, great stuff there, as always. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. And we talked a lot about the Patriots, Taylor Swift. Dad, quite frankly, your outlook on the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey relationship has been incredibly off-putting during this show what? here. What? It's just, you're, you're, very, uh, you're being very negative about this, just... man. You're being negative about something funny. Okay, oh. it's, I think that your dad is just, he has seen, you know, Taylor Swift was, has been in a lot of high-profile relationships, but she did just get out of, what was she dating Joe Alwyn for six years? Six yep, years? Yep, we thought that was going to be the one. Yeah, so isn't this a little bit of the, like, uh, you know, rebound stage rebound. a little bit? Yeah, listen, like, uh, Mike, I, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm just like saying, I'm just like saying I, I'm also a realist that says when you look at a relationship, you say, okay, how long does this relationship last? Is this a forever thing? Did, are they soulmates? Did they find soulmates of one another? And, and, and it's just 
there, there's no indication in the history of Taylor Swift dating that that's what it's going to be. I hope oh. they have a ball. Wow, I you're going to put this on her, not the guy who had a literal reality dating oh. show about him. Oh, okay. oh my God, I okay. forgot about that. Yeah, I was going to say, this oh, is catching yeah. Kelsey's own Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah. I was so glad they brought this up uh, on New Heights, Jason and Travis Kelsey's podcast. They had Jason's wife, Ke uh, Kylie, on, yes, and they yeah. talked about the catching Kelsey era. I was glad to hear it acknowledged because, Dad, it does seem like they've tried to push that thing on the back burner pretty hard. Well, I mean, I think anybody associated with it would try and push it on the back what burner. What was it I don't called? Think anybody about catching Kelsey? Catching Kelsey. By the way, Jason's wife was phenomenal. Oh yeah, she was incredible. Job. She was she was great talking about their their first was it their first date I think or I mean she was just just awesome. But no, I, I'm I really am happy for them. But listen, I'm a 60 year old man that's 36 years into a marriage. I look at things and and this is nothing to do with you and all that. This is of okay, someone's in a relationship. Does this thing last? You know, is this a a forever thing? And and I'm sure it's obviously in that industry wrong to look at it that way because it rarely happens. So I'm just getting to the inevitable conclusion of this, which which you know I'm sure will be just fine. And then there'll be a she'll write a song about a football player, and then we move on. Man, so you I mean, Dad, listen, you watch plenty of movies. You know they're going to be over in two hours, but you don't just skip to the end. You appreciate all the finer notes along the way here. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping they have a, to do I, here. I'm hoping they have a, a great time. I'm hoping we hear great stories about it. We'll we'll wait and see. But, you know, I'm I'm just you, you're right. I then I fast forwarded to the end and what the next is for can, each other. Can you guys imagine seeing Taylor Swift in the crowd in Kansas oh. City? Just like the people will go crazy. I mean, she becomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes who like she's going to become the real star of Kansas City. Mike oh, remembers her being at a Notre Dame football practice when her brother went to school there. Shut it down there. Our practice pre-practice was in shambles when she was. <laughs> and I mean, this is 2009, 2008 range, too. Oh. So we hadn't fully climbed up to the right. highest levels of her fame, but we were up there still. And I mean, goal, I, I remember Golden Tate, we were late for stretch lines to start because Golden ran over to shake Taylor's hand. Golden's from Tennessee too. So had that kind of sort of background that, you know, hey, listen, if you got it, go ahead and try. But uh, worked out better for Travis Kelsey. And so we wish them very well. Dad mentioned fast forwarding to the end of the movie. Let's fast forward to this weekend already and get a little bit ahead of ourselves here. We're just coming off. We're in that midway between week one and week two. And it's the exciting part. Remembering we get to do this all again. We had a lot of big conclusions that we got off week one. We had a lot of things we're excited about. So dad, I want to have all of us pick a game that we're most looking forward to this weekend based off everything we've learned from this last weekend, based on the matchup coming up that we're excited about. So which game are you circling on the calendar for this weekend that you're going to have on its own screen getting ready to watch? Uh, I mean, well, th there is a couple of them. Um, actually, a few of them. I think I would start with, I have a couple of them, but I'd start with Kansas City at Jacksonville. Now, we saw Kansas City lose to Detroit without Chris Jones, without Travis Kelsey. Jones is now signed. Kelsey, you know, dealing with the knee, uh, they'll be cautious with that, but he'll certainly be back on the field, I believe, sooner rather than later. So how do they rebound against the Jacksonville team who we've all picked to win the AFC South? They come out with a victory in week one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence trying to ascend even higher in the quarterback list as we go forward. Tough defense as well. So it's really how does Kansas City, and this game is at Jacksonville, 
how do they bounce back from the week one loss? Because then we'd be looking at if they don't, you know, a Super Bowl champ starting the next season out 0-2. Uh, so that one, that one will be interesting to me. How much can Chris Jones give you? Now, Nick Bosa gave you a lot after basically missing all of camp and signing right before the first game with the 49ers. So what can Chris Jones bring on the field for you? But how do they come back? We, we all keep saying we don't worry about Kansas City. We don't worry about Kansas City. But it is one game in. We're the next game. We've had nobody else step up. And even when Travis Kelsey comes back, you need somebody else to step up in that wide receiver room. And the second leading uh, receiver last year was Juju Smith-Schuster, who was gone as well. So who is it going to be outside of wide receivers that are dropping passes? So that's very that one is very intriguing to me. Yeah, I, I think with that one, too, for Jacksonville, that was a closer game than we expected with the Indianapolis Colts in week one, too. It had a lot of the highlight moments that you would expect. Calvin Ridley looked the part. Zay Jones had a couple of the best catches you'll see all weekend. Offensively, we know they're going to be able to hum, but defensively, Anthony Richardson is a rookie, and I get non-traditional offense, right? You saw a lot of elements of the triple option worked into what they were trying to do with Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson, but... Still, I thought Dad, Indianapolis was more of a live dog in that game than I was expecting, even if they ultimately, I think, ended up winning by double digits in that game. And so for Kansas City, yeah, it feels a little more dire than we're used to right now because we're not necessarily sure where the offense is going to come from. That's one of the first times in a while, Dad, I've seen Patrick Mahomes look legitimately frustrated by what's gone on because he yeah. did what a good teammate does. And what you have to do in a game plan is, hey, Kadarius Tony's had some drops and bad plays. But we got stuff in the game plan designed for him. I'm going to keep going back to him, keep trying to give him confidence. And you could see by the end, 15 was over it. And so what they try and do to offset that, if it's running the ball more, if it's trying to work through more Noah Gray in the tight end room, I don't know. But that's going to probably be interesting, the counterpunch for that offense after last week. Yeah, and Andy Reid said, you know, that, that Kelsey is getting better. We take it day to day. I, I, I think it sounds like, you know, he'll be available uh, for this game, which they obviously could use, but I'm I'm with you on the uh, on the running game on where uh, they they're going to end up with that. You know, uh, Pacheco, uh, what ran it just eight ten? They ran it twenty three times, but Patrick Edwards Alaire sightings in that game. Yeah, I, he started the game. We were up in the in the press box for that. Going, wait a minute, he started the game. He had six carries. Pacheco had eight carries uh, in that one. So yeah, you wonder if they want to lean a little more on that running game, but. Uh, interesting game obviously the big question is Kelsey going to be back it, it does seem like he's going to be so we'll see a little more of that normal offense yeah very interested by that one and uh, not for nothing I understand this Chiefs team doesn't feel like the fullest version of itself right now it's why a lot of us gave him a pass in week one but they're still the litmus test for almost everybody else and I think our opinion of the Lions is certainly different coming off of week one because of a win on the road at Arrowhead and even though it's at home for Jacksonville, this is a big boy test for you. Despite all that, it's still a team with Super Bowl pedigree and a lot of parts of that roster that were there before. Can they go out and show that, yes, they are not only serious contenders to win that particular division, but maybe go even a little bit beyond that? Dad, the game I had circled is another like measuring stick game. I want to see what the Los Angeles Rams actually are. They surprised everybody with that win over the yeah. Seahawks in week one. We expected this to be a team that could maybe crater, um, you know, based on the injuries for that team, based on the injuries of wide receiver Cooper Cup, now on IR and a lot of concerns about his future there. 
And they went out and we talked about Puka. We talked about Tutu. We talked about the unexpected parts of this offense. But I want to see that offense and specifically the offensive line get a stress test from that San Francisco 49ers group and see what they're capable of. Oh, could not agree more because this this is one of the most well-put-together rosters. And really the question mark for San Francisco, a lot of it was going to be Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy came in as, a, as Mr. Irrelevant, played incre- incredibly great, and all of a sudden he's getting elbow surgery. Uh, they have a quarterback issue. Sam Darnold's in. You trade Trey Lance. So that became a question mark in everybody's mind, it seemed, except San Francisco and Brock Purdy because they probably more than any other team hit the ground running from yeah. last year better than any other team in week one when we talk about the first couple of weeks of how they're going to be you know, not great football. They look like they were the most ready for it. And Brock Purdy, you know, I'm, I, as he said, and you're young and you hear the, well, we're not sure about him. He wanted to shut everybody up about it. And that's what, you know, the young players like to do is, and listen, it's nothing new. It's, it's been forever. When you get questioned, you want to show people that they're wrong. And he came out and he did it because I, I, I was head scratched with the Rams as well, scoring the points they did, as we said, with the youngest roster in the NFL and one of the older quarterbacks in the NFL and names of receivers that we don't know very well. So yes, this will be a, we, we thought Seattle would be a great test for him. This would be a monster test though for their offense against the San Fran defense. According to true media, the Rams offensive line gave up just six pressures in pass protection, two quarterback hits and no sacks. Matthew Stafford and the uh, other Rams quarterbacks were sacked 59 times last year the third most in the NFL. So a big change year to year for them. Rams had also long drives. Sean, listen, Sean McVay and company said they're really trying to remake the identity of this team this year. More downhill running plays, more pullers. They want to be, you know, every coach says a tougher football team, but you had three plays of 10 or more drives. Last year, they went three and out on the fifth highest rate in the NFL. So all these things they're trying to change up around their team that look pretty good against a Seattle team that, doesn't really have a defined pass rusher that you've got to worry about yet that lost both of their starting tackles at the beginning of this game here. It's going to be interesting because you know, for dad on the other side, you mentioned San Francisco, all the good that we saw in that game. I, one of my favorite matchups this upcoming weekend is going to be the Rams rookie, Steve Avila, the rookie out of Texas or uh, Texas TCU, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Played really well. First rattle out of the box week one, and now gets to meet a guy named Eric Armstead, who, when you go back and look, Everyone's got to spend time and resources going towards Nick Bosa. That's no secret. But what that does is a lot of time put Eric Armstead one-on-one on the backside of that, and that man was a nightmare. He didn't have much of anything, I think, on the stat sheet, but he was splitting double teams. He was making life hell for guys. He was one of those old Oregon defensive tackles, him and DeForest Buckner, that are built like space aliens and go out there and play the part. So let me ask you this right now. San Francisco defense against this Ram offense, over under three and a half sacks, over under eight and a half quarterback hits. Um, I would say over under, I would say over eight quarterback hits. I think they're going to be able to get after them pretty good. Um, I'll say under on the sacks, though, and I'll give Matthew really? Stafford credit there that he just looked, he looked better and more spry. He was able to get the ball away on some plays in the last game that we saw too. I think his health will go a long way and maybe helping mitigate that. But I do think they're going to be able to get after him. It was, I'm interested in the other side though, dad, you talked about Brock Purdy, the 49ers also on the offensive line. They've got Colton McKivitz now starting in place of Mike McGlinchey who departed and 
It was right. a tough first outing for him. Now, you're going up against T.J. Watt, but you saw if you didn't have two sets of hands on T.J. Watt at all times in that game, he was getting home to the quarterback. It was just that simple. You couldn't leave him one-on-one, especially on the right side of that line. And while the Rams don't have a T.J. Watt on their team, they've got an Aaron Donald. And so you saw there was a clear plan for how they were going to address T.J. Watt. I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do about Aaron Donald, who looked very much himself in week one as well for the Rams. Yeah, uh, listen, that's that's always the the, the case for you, O-lineman, is how do you game plan? Because that's what you have to do. You have to game plan a Watt, game plan an Aaron Donald, game plan a Nick Bosa, you know, the best rushers in the game. You definitely have to game plan them. So always interesting to see where this, you know, you, you're trying to get the O-line uh, set up to where they Aaron Donald is one-on-one, you know, not getting double team. You have to find a way to, to get him, whether it's chipping or not, or doubling with the O-line. So going to be an, an interesting. I agree on that side of the ball. But the thing I'll say is that San Francisco has so many weapons for Brock Purdy to get the ball out of his hands, you know, between Ayuku had a monster game and Debo and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I guess that that's what can mitigate a great pass rush as well is dumping the ball and saying, I'm just playing that, that point guard, getting the ball out to the guy that's going to make a lot of yards for me. Yeah. It'll be a nice test for, I think a lot of young pieces and pieces that maybe aren't household names on the Rams defense, right? Byron young, their third round pick from this year looked really good. Showed up in the picture a lot. As far as an edge guy there, I thought Darian Kendrick and their secondary looked really strong at corner. And then Ernest Jones at linebacker was just always in the picture. He's going to have his hands full because no one does more at attacking backers than the uh, San Francisco 49ers with Kittle and CMC and all the personnel that they've got there. So Going to be fascinating. Jesse, as the final member and the final leg of our crew here, what game are you looking forward to most this upcoming weekend? Yeah, guys, Ravens-Bengals, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, AFC North rivalry matchup. After what we saw from the Bengals in that game against the Browns, which was basically nothing, um, Burrow, 14 for 31 passes, career low, 82 yards, no touchdowns. Bengals offense had 142 yards total. I'm just interested to see what this Bengals team looks like this year because I feel like we just didn't get to see anything, you know? So I just want to see what the Bengals are made of. And I feel like this is the week that they can do it. They're favored in this game um, despite the fact that the Ravens rolled over and got their uh, first W in their first game. And Ravens are pretty banged up, right? So Dobbins ruled out for the season with the Achilles. Marcus Williams out with a pectoral injury for the game. So they've got like a couple people who are probably going to be out for this one. I just want to see Joe Burrow air it out. The sad girl shots are going to be flowing uh, in Cincinnati. And I'm just interested to see what this Bengals team looks like this year. You know, there are two teams after week one where, and Joe was about as Joe cool as could be after that game, talking about, hey, don't worry. It was basically the R-E-L-A-X, you know, speech from Aaron Rodgers a few years ago. We, we just naturally say for Kansas City and Cincinnati, don't worry. For KC, it was a little easier. We're getting Chris Jones back. We're going to get Travis Kelsey back. For Cincinnati, now, I will say, what do we what do we say Burroughs? One in five against Cleveland. Cleveland has kind of got their number. Their defense plays really well against Joe. Joe, Joe doesn't play really well against them. Um, but I, I am real interested to see a little more out of them. But that offense to score – 
just three points and what they can do against this Baltimore team where they come out and they get a win, which they should have over Houston. We knew they would. But Zay Flowers, I mean, holy smokes. We talked about him coming onto the scene, you know, as a rookie and getting Odell. Odell had a great catch in that one as well. But Zay being the guy, what he had, he had nine catches and targeted 10 times, targeted way more than anybody else. So quickly you're getting that connection of Lamar and Zay which is really, really cool to see. So this game, I'm, I agree with you, Jesse, and, and it's more on the Cincinnati side to say, okay, I know you've had your troubles against Cleveland, but okay, how, how are we going to do in this one against Baltimore? Nothing like starting the season with two divisional opponents. The thing I think, and you're right, yeah, having to come out the gate with that is – there's no early season cupcakes like we see in college football. There are no FCS opponents on there for Todd Munkin and company in this offense. And Jesse mentioned the injuries. You know, Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum also both went down in this game and got banged up. And so now you're worried about that going forward. Unfortunately for Ronnie, that's become more a part yes. of his story in yep. the last few years in a way that's got to be deeply concerning because – so much of what people wanted to see from Baltimore on offense was the ball go down the field a little bit more. In the game this weekend, Lamar Jackson had an average depth of target of 5.1 yards. His career average is 9.4. This is the polar opposite of what we expected. So many throws at or around the line of scrimmage people right. were looking for. All right, are we going to push the ball down deep? Are we going to see some of these play action shots that Todd Munkin had showed off so much during his time with the George Bulldogs? And it didn't show up. And what's going to make that infinitely harder is all of a sudden your offensive line and some of its best players are compromised in front of Lamar Jackson. And so, yeah, Zay Flowers looked the part over the weekend, Dad. That was an incredible showing as rookie yeah. receivers continue to be more and more prepared for the moment than we've seen them in years past. But all of a sudden with some cracks in the foundation already starting to show up front, very worried about that as offensive line, I think going to be a key spot for both teams walking into this weekend that fans are looking at. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson has more than six carries in this game. I mean, when he first came yeah. out of the scene, he was averaging like 15 to 17 carries. I don't think it goes that high, but I think while, while with the new uh, Munkin at the new coordinator, you wanted him to pass more, run less, I still think you're going to get him taken off a little more. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. 
And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. Guys, the Buckeyes have their starting quarterback. Kyle McCord has officially been named the starter. He's 2-0 for Ohio State. McCord's thrown for 497 yards, three touchdowns, just 58 points in two games. Okay, and fellas, we've talked Colorado and the SEC a lot over the past two weeks, right? But don't be sleeping on the Big Ten. They have three teams in the top ten here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Dad. They got three teams in the top ten, and we had so much conversation around quarterback yesterday. They got some dudes in this conference. Now, they're a lot less proven. The Pac-12 brought back guys that we're used to, guys that we've seen high-level production from. For Kyle McCord, who's now at the helm of this, and he had been in competition all camp with Devin Brown, who I, I was not aware. I didn't see Ohio State's first game much against IU, but I went back and watched this last week. Devin Brown's wearing number 33. I haven't seen the story behind it, but incredibly jarring at quarterback. He was more of the dual threat guy um, than Kyle McCord is now. But Kyle McCord got a pretty big arm, pretty accurate with the football. J.J. McCarthy started off the week year hot for Michigan. Uh, for Michigan, Also, they didn't let him throw the ball a ton last year. It was one of my chief complaints about them. That offense needed to push down the field a little bit more also got a nice cannon on him and then you round that out with the new guy drew alar at penn state who is i could see why penn state fans were chomping at the bit for this dude because there's some pretty special stuff going on for him physically so overall dad especially at the top end the big 10 has the chance to be another really strong quarterback conference among the big three teams that we expected to dominate this year that uh alar kid uh, is also a big kid too he has got an absolute cannon on him so here you go again in the East with Penn State and, and Ohio State and Michigan. And for Ohio State, make no bones. And I'm not just saying that because we went to Notre Dame. This was all about finding out who your quarterback was, getting your quarterback the reps they needed to get before they're going to take on Notre Dame here next week yep. uh, in, in trying to get settled in that situation, a place they haven't been used to not being settled. Same with Georgia, same with Alabama, all uh, Clemson dealing with new quarterbacks this year really alabama's you know in all honesty trying to still figure it out uh but mccord being the guy at jesse as you mentioned three touchdowns touchdowns does have the one interception but against indiana and youngstown state so uh, with a lot of these teams in the first couple of weeks you have to kind of look at who they played what the competition was um but but there, there's just something about you know you see you see in the west with minnesota 2-0 iowa and 2-0 but are we buying the, the one team that I thought might be the surprise in the West that could maybe challenge in the Big Ten title game would be Wisconsin. They've already lost yeah. this year the way that offense was going to change. So that's been a little bit of a disappointment. So still, you know, with Michigan, Ohio State, and throw Penn State in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a maybe a deeper con- – well, I don't know. That's what we thought at the beginning of the year, right? So I don't think it's any yeah. deeper – than we thought because are we buying into Minnesota or Iowa at that point at this point I I don't think I am certainly not from an offensive side of the ball no and for Iowa 
they look like once again deadly consistency will be the hallmark of a team that finds a way to win the Big Ten West unless things improve from Minnesota here who give them credit tested themselves out of uh, out of conference early in the season uh, Washington State fighting for their lives a bit more existential for them right now but I don't think they have the offense to keep up with any of the teams that we mentioned up top so no dad I, I think there's definitely a clear upper crust for this teams and now it's just going to be for Ohio State can they get back to and maintain the standard that has been there last year they finished by most people's thought in the college football playoff they looked like the second best team in college football at the end of last year with how tightly they played a Georgia team that ended up going and blowing the doors off TCU in the title game and you look at the weapons they've got around Kyle McCord and you can understand why we've mentioned all the names Travion Henderson Mayan Williams obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. in that receiver room but the O-line replacing a bunch of starters has looked pretty strong so far. Again, against competition, we'll see the true litmus test coming up next week against Notre Dame. So Kyle McCord, though, early early billing. And I'd imagine we'll still see some of Devin Brown in packages, right? Yeah, having that yeah. dual threat at quarterback, having a guy you can scheme into runs, I think, especially in the red zone. I'd be interested to see if they bust that out against Notre Dame. Dad, the most interesting one of the bunch to me, though, well, man, it – it's close, but I just think with where Michigan has been, because Drew Alar is fascinating at Penn State, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. And because he's new, because he's extremely talented, because that team is one expected to take a jump this year, his performance matters a lot. But J.J. McCarthy and this Michigan team have been now the team of the Big Ten, have made the college football playoff in back-to-back -back years. But when you're talking about beat Georgia periods and all that stuff – quarterback and what they allowed him to do to me made the difference and they let him throw it around the yard against ECU and UNLV if that can continue into Big Ten play and we see more of J.J. McCarthy making the plays downfield that we've seen through weeks one and two where he's making legit NFL throws there's good timing and rhythm to this stuff that all of a sudden could be the thing that truly raises Michigan's ceiling and has them in a conversation where in this much this year with this much turnover, you can be a legitimate national championship contender. Yeah, and I don't think, and oh, by the way, this is Jim Harbaugh's last game under suspension, so free Jim after this week. He'll finally be let, let, able to run loose on the sidelines. Thank you, Thank Lord. God, I mean, they missed him in East Carolina, UNLV, and I'm sure they'll miss him for the Bowling Green game as well. But, I mean, I'm with you. Because we talked about this before, and you were the one that brought it up. They need that part of the game to eventually, because their goal is to win the national championship, not just to win the Big Ten and to get to the playoffs. Which that's always a goal, but they've been, you know, in the playoffs. And w because where are they getting challenged, right? I mean, Bowling Green, yeah. then Rutgers, at Nebraska, at Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. I mean, are, are we thinking any real challenge there? Now, anything can happen. I get it. But then you finish up with Penn State, you know, and then Maryland in there, and then Ohio State. So Penn State and Ohio State within a three-week period. That obviously is going to be the test on the Big Ten title game uh, for them. But they they have plenty of time to figure their things out. And like you said, get that passing game going to what that they're going to need that part of it uh, when they get in, if and when they get into the playoffs against that competition. Going to be fascinating to see. But again, the Big Ten still looking like a three-team race right now. Jesse, we mentioned a little bit of it. Very different feeling out in the Pac-12 right now. Washington State fresh off a big win on and off the field. Yeah, Washington State, Oregon State filing um, suit here. Or uh, they have said they're the only remaining members with a legitimate interest in the survival and success of the Pac-12. And that the 10 league members who have opted to, to depart forfeited their rights to have any say so 
over its future. Um, we talked about, like, don't sleep on the Big Ten. Pac-12 also has eight teams in the top 25, at least while they're still the Pac-12. Yeah, Dad, this uh, injunction essentially not allowing the rest of the Pac-12 to meet. Incredibly, delightfully petty move from Washington State and Oregon State yep. saying, no, y'all left. This is our conference now. Kindly leave the meeting. It's savage, and it's amazing. It is truly amazing. Dad, you've muted yourself. Nobody can hear you. All right, again, He's I had back. the coffee maker running. I didn't want to, you know, the coffee maker sound to come over. That's my you fault. need that coffee. That. You need it. I, it's exactly right. Yeah, so I'm we ready get to go. We get mm. it. We get it. Mm. Sip of that right now. Listen, I love this move by these two schools because also if, if you let the others vote, they're going to vote to dissolve the Pac-12 because you dissolve the Pac-12, then you're splitting all the assets equally. And basically Washington and Oregon State saying, uh-uh. No, no, no. You chose to go. And in their bylaws, this happened when USC and UCLA took off to the Big Ten. They immediately lost their board seats. So basically, Oregon State and Washington State are saying, same thing should happen to the other schools that are running away. They're done. There should be two seats on that board, and that's us. And we should make the decision. They would love to keep the Pac-12 going and just make the – instead of those two teams going to the Mountain West, they would like the Mountain West and Washington State and Oregon State to become the Pac-12 and keep the Pac-12 and keep everything that comes with the Pac-12. I don't know what the media, you know, the TV holders would, would think about that, uh, though, you know, it's never been a great TV package there anyway. But I, I, the way I look at it, Mike, is – Anything this year, while they're still there, they should get to split. I get it. You know, the revenue from, from football, basketball, all until they leave. And then that's it. But as, as I just said, if they go in and do for this vote, supposedly they were trying to get the injunction on the meeting that was supposed to be today, I believe, is to stop them from dissolving the Pac-12 and splitting the assets equally. Wazoo forever. We'll be back in a minute here on Gojo and Goldwyn. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, uh, Dad and Jesse, as we put a bow on some of the college football headlines from the last couple of days. 
it feels weird that I got to remind people of this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yesterday, the NCAA division board chair and vice chair said in a statement Tuesday that, quote, violent and possibly criminal threats have been directed at the committee members in the wake of the high profile decision denying immediate eligibility for North Carolina wide receiver Tez Walker, who transferred there from Kent State after spending time at an FCS school prior to that that never actually played games because of the COVID season. It's been a mess. We all disagree with what the NCAA has done here. I share in Matt Brown's very publicly stated disgust with the process here, the clear disregard for in this situation what seems to be, despite the letter of the law, clearly something that does not fall in line with the spirit of the rule. But with all that still being said, Dad, like we always say about don't tweet at recruits, do not send violent threats to members of the NCAA. Like, I understand college sports especially make us all a little bit crazy. We can all loudly disagree. We can all make fun of the NCAA. We can all rip apart verbally in public. But when you start threatening people, stop being a big weirdo. Don't do that. Bad. I'm going to roll up a newspaper. I'm going to boop you on the nose, each and every one of you. Yeah, they need more than a boop on the nose. I mean, to go down this road, listen, we've seen it with college kickers who have missed a kick. You know, or other college players who have done something, you know. Oh, that I, had a, I had it happen like. to friends of mine. You fumble I mean, a football it, and you got to call campus security after. Your 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 life as a person to tweet threats to these people that are making decisions about sports or players in sports blows my mind at, at the weakness of you to actually hit send, write something, hit send on that, the type of person that you're showing that you are. So, I mean, listen, we, we, we could – sit there and rip these people all the time. It's just so dumb, so dumb, and, and way dumber than that decision. The decision was a horrible decision. How, when Tez Walker's at North Carolina State, I'm sorry, North Carolina Central, and they choose to not have a season because of COVID, so he leaves there, that that would count against him is a complete joke. This decision I do not understand at all, let alone the part about wanting to be in Charlotte for his grandmother. It blows my mind at what a bad decision this is. But again, no matter how bad this decision is in the sporting world, to make actual threats, you know, harmful threats to people who are making this decision is an absolute joke. And we'll rip it, other people will rip it, but there's still enough, you know, weak-ass people out there that are going to do it that are going to hide behind their keyboard and, 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 and tweet out these, these threats and hit send uh, and just look, come across like complete idiots. Yeah, it's just wildly unnecessary. We all don't like the NCAA. We think this is the death rattle for the organization, and they do a good enough job embarrassing themselves yeah. publicly at every turn that you don't need to resort to something this depraved. So lock it in. Everybody be better. Uh, free Tez Walker, let him play football, even though we know that's not going to happen now. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we are yeah. not going to see what was supposed to be the best wide receiver for North Carolina on the field. And it gave us a much closer game with App State because of that one that was very touch and go for North Carolina yet again this season. And so with a team with a lot of expectation, that's a huge blow. It sucks for the kid, but leave the individuals alone. Make fun of them online. Dunk on them as you will. Uh, Tez Walker, unfortunately, not going to be on the field. Jesse, let's look at the NFL because there seems to be a number of names already after week one. Anecdotally, it seemed like it was carnage out there with some of the injuries that are now going to be affecting the rosters going forward. Yeah, practice squads are going to be more important than ever. Actually, we got some news from Adam Schefter this morning saying starting next season, the NFL is expanding practice squads on all 32 teams to include one international player hoping to create more football opportunities for athletes from around the world to be identified and developed. So that's just kind of a cool thing 
like we said, practice squad's importance definitely growing with so many injuries in the league. Like in Pittsburgh, got a lot of tough news here. First Cam Hayward, right? Now Deontay Johnson, he's probably going to miss a few weeks here with that hamstring injury. So like they've got Pickens, they've got Robinson guys. I'm sure Steelers fans would like to see a healthy roster after just seven points against the Niners. Yeah, I would say so. And dad, you saw it so clearly in that game. When Cam Hayward went off the field, oh, and I think yeah. he got banged up early on in that game, it yep, was almost did. immediate. Kyle Shanahan looked up and said, all right, we're going to try and run it up the middle almost every time. They found a number of ways to try and attack the middle of a Pittsburgh defensive front that's got talented guys in it still, but Cam Hayward, perennial Pro Bowl and All-Pro player, incredibly just stout, large, very difficult-to-move human being that all of a sudden was the clear weakness, especially with J.J. Watt on the perimeter. They said, all right, we'll run away from that guy and go where in the middle we now no longer have to deal with Cam. So without him, that's a big blow to a defense that we know is expected to be one of the better ones. I mean, that defense, you know, the levels they had, obviously with T.J. Watt and Cam, and then you had Mika Fitzpatrick. Those are the three best players on that defense. And, and you're right when you can see the difference. And he went out in the first quarter. So it was early in this game where – you know, if you're the old line, you may breathe a sigh of relief that he's not out there. But this guy has been so durable, 13 season, 34 years, but he has just been such an anchor at a position where you are just getting hit on all angles on every single play, and he has been unbelievably durable. So they're going to miss him. Surgery, I believe, is going to be today uh, for his uh, for his groin injury, and uh, they'll miss him. Yeah, and I mean, that matchup with them and the Browns coming up this Monday night is going to be one banged up on both sides here. We know the Browns lost their starting right tackle and Jack Conklin. It looks like that's going to be Dewan Jones yeah. for the duration now. And it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland adjusts that game plan. Deshaun Watson did not look good still. One of the biggest value adds he had was on a rushing touchdown. You've got one of the best running backs in the NFL in the backfield. Maybe you flex to start to try and take advantage of that uh, in the interim there too. And, Dad, we talked about this with Philadelphia, with Mina yesterday, where the Patriots attacked at the linebacker level. N'Kobe Dean, the star linebacker out of Georgia that now was getting his moment to step up, expected to miss multiple weeks, but no surgery required for him. And so an area where people already were going to attack now all of a sudden becomes more prime. Yeah, you look at him with a foot injury, as you mentioned, no surgery. He may go on the short-term IR, which means four weeks. Uh, if he were to go on that IR, James Bradbury, their DB is in concussion protocol and they got a game Thursday. So we'll see if he's able to come out of that, but he'll be back sooner than N'Kobe Dean. Uh, Cause we've talked about that defense. They, they, and, and it was something uh, we had when I was there, when you can have depth on that D line, like they have what that does for fresh bodies, meaning not only pass rush and pressure, but also protection for the linebackers as well on this Georgia D I mean, Philadelphia Eagles defense <laughs> full yeah. of Georgia players. I did that on purpose in case. Anybody eh, did know. you? Uh, did yeah, you? I think I did. Eh. Uh, so, but, but we see this every week, right? I mean, we, we could do one or two segments every single week on injuries. It, it, you, when you play football at this level and been playing that long, you, it, it's not a matter of if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt and how serious it is. So that's what you're looking at. Okay, they're hurt. How long are they out? Like Dobbins, Achilles out for the year. Rogers, Achilles out for the year. So, Nicobe Dean, is it just going to be the four weeks on short-term IR? How long for Cam Hayward? So that, that's always the issue is how much time do you miss and what kind of depth do you have at that position? 
and nowhere is that going to be tested, speaking of depth, maybe more than Seattle. I, I know you said injuries are inevitable, but man, to strike this fiercely at a spot that was such a pleasant surprise last year for the Seahawks, who announced that they have signed 41, yes, 41-year-old offensive tackle, not kicker, not quarterback, big man, Jason Peters to their practice squad there with the expectation that dad, he could be called into duty pretty soon as both tackles for the Seahawks. Abraham Lucas missed the second half with a sore patella, which had also bothered him during training camp. And then Charles Cross, their top pick from uh, one of their top picks from last year, left in the third quarter with a sprained big toe, neither returned. So they finished that game with Jake Curran and Stone Forsyth in, but now with Jason Peters getting signed this quickly after the fact, it makes me wonder about what the prognosis is for those guys going forward because against a Rams team that we know doesn't have a ton, we mentioned Byron Young, but a ton in the way of proven edge rushing talent the way they used to, that team was able to harass Geno Smith a lot this last weekend, and that's got to be a huge worry for them, especially knowing who is the top dog in that division. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, Jason Peters, we saw him. Where in uh, I'm sorry, why did why am I drawing a bit? Was it in Dallas last year? Correct. Yeah, yeah I mean this guy kind of the, the mercenary around. And I wonder, tell me the odds of this. Do you think we'll see JJ Watt back? Man, that is a question for another day, right there. Because coming up next, we still got three more quick questions we can answer before we're done. Next on Gojo and Golik. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It is time to send you out into the world with this, that, and the third three stories to get you going for your day. And fellas, we're going to start with this incredible one. So the mom from Little Big League is now an actual big league mom. So Ashley Crow, she's the actual mom of number one Cubs prospect Pete Crow Armstrong. And now the Cubs are reportedly calling Pete up. She's officially the mother of an MLB player like 30 years after the release of the movie. Is this the part where I have to shamefully admit I've never seen Little Big League? Little Big League, 1994, a, a movie about, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure you guys haven't seen it, about uh, a kid, Billy Haywood, who's a 12-year-old who inherits and becomes the owner of the uh, Minnesota Twins, and she is the mother of him. So she's the mother of a 12-year-old baseball owner in the movie and now the mother of a real-life prospect who's going to play in Major League Baseball. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool on that. But that, that listen, the movie wasn't a monster hit by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, it's a, make, makes it an interesting kind of side-by-side story. His first career at back was a sacrifice bunt. That's like such a wet fart of a way to start. I would, I'm sorry if I see that sign coming in. I'm brushing it off and just swinging for the fences here. You're not going to get me to go out like a sucker. I'm swinging. I'm trying to look cool. He was asked about it post-game, uh, and he said it was the right baseball call by the manager. So he's a man of the people, but yeah. I guess it's probably a good thing to do when you're just starting on the job. Yeah. You want to impress your boss. You want to make sure everyone knows you're a team player. But uh, I'm a big rule of cool guy, especially when it's not my money or career to mess up. So <laughs> go off, Pete. I hope that next one's a dinger you get to crank over there. 
Uh, and maybe it's oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were breaking down the movie where the new owner, the 12 year old owner takes over the twins and their last place team. And he has to, you know, kind of get the trust of the players and the manager on that team to bring them up to the division leader. I thought that's where we were going. Yeah. I, we're, think I mean, we're, we're, we're going with the real story, not the fake story. Yeah. Well, I think we've established that neither of us have seen the movie. No, yeah. If we're going to talk okay. baseball movies, I'm more of a rookie of the year guy. Actually, yeah. Dad, you're the best comp I have to rookie of the year. You're getting ready to get a bunch of like fake body parts put in yeah. coming up here with uh, limb replacements. My dad's got a knee that doesn't fully extend out all the way now. Just years of beating it up, multiple surgeries and stuff. So he kind of walks funny. You can see his gait. That was how we found him at the American Century Classic. But after you get it replaced, the thing is, is like rookie of the year style, because you haven't been able to extend it, my dad actually runs like a deer. If you ever see him on a treadmill in an orange theory, the guy can haul ass. And so, dad, I'm worried that when they fix the injury, much like in rookie of the year, now all of a sudden you're going to be rendered less effective on the treadmill. I am. I'm concerned about that as well, though there's more concern that at 60 years old with a bad knee and my yeah. gait being off <laughs> of what what the rest of my body, the other side, the other hip and back is going to be when I'm 65 or 70. So I may have to give up the running well on the treadmill to have the rest of my body actually aligned correctly. Yeah, you just jack up the uh, incline and walk it. There you go. Same yeah, difference. that's it. Same Hot girl walks, man. That's what yeah, it's uh -huh. all about here. Uh, let's get to that, Jesse. Uh, drink special went horribly wrong this weekend <laughs> in Wisconsin. This is the most incredible thing. So the Wisconsin bar, you know, they were offering free drinks if the Jets lose, like, suck it, Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. So Aaron Rodgers <laughs> goes down. He goes down, very unfortunate. And everyone starts running up their tabs. They're like, let's go. Aaron Rodgers is down. The Jets are going to lose. And obviously the Jets didn't lose. And the news was live in the bar when people realized that the Jets were going to win and they were going to have to pay their tabs. It was incredible. So, yeah, Jack's American Pub was running that special. And yeah, there were legitimately, I mean, it was kind of sick. And you sort of get this karmic retribution when you cheer when someone's injured. But for them in that moment, they thought this is going to be their ticket to a free tab. I want to know, and I still haven't been able to track down, what the highest bar tab ended up being in there. Yeah. If all the someone, someone upgraded from well alcohol to the top shelf stuff and just was hounding it for the rest of the night and got hit over the head. What, what a horrible feeling because you're, you're running up a tab thinking it's going to be cool. And I'm not going to lie, running that a couple of times when I was playing and you go into a restaurant and you have the, the person that runs a restaurant or somebody recognize you. Oh, hey, you play with the Eagles. Yeah, you know, and you sit down and you start to think, I lean over and, and tell your mother, I think, you know, this meal is is, is going to be on the house, you know. So you start ordering stuff and everything and people, you sign an autographs and taking pictures. And then the meal ends and they hand you the bill. You're like, damn, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> thought I was getting a freebie on that, on that one. So I think that's what a lot of these people were thinking. Yeah, this is going to be awesome until, uh, hey, can I have your credit card? Uh, your tab is like $500 now. Okay, but I will say, and this is no shade to the fine establishments in Wisconsin, I think it's it was a lot. This is in New York City, right? Like the sure, highest, sure. we would probably point. be shocked at how low the highest bar tab was. Oh, hey. it's it's my favorite part about going back to where my parents live in South Bend in college yes. towns. Everything is so cheap. So cheap. Yes. The, I mean, the, the place we hang at, the linebacker, when we go there, I mean, you could you could take 20 bucks in there and you're drinking for the night and buying drinks for others. So it's it is. It's awesome. 
Yeah. So, so this is going to happen 12 more times throughout the NFL season. <laughs> and it's only on games where it's not in the, uh, that are, uh, it only be offered, not available during games between the Packers and the Jets. But this is just good rest. Don't cheer when people get injured, Packers fans. As much as you want these free drinks, karma's real and it'll come after you. And speaking mm -hmm. of karma, <laughs> Jesse, let's get to the third here. Karma is my boyfriend. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so USA Today is hiring a Taylor Swift reporter. So you know the meme from, or it's, it's just become infamous, from Barbie where uh, Ryan Gosling as Ken is just like, my job is just beach. So this person's job <laughs> is just Taylor Swift. That's their job. They're gonna work for USA Today. So they're saying they're seeking a uniquely skilled journalist to fill the role of Taylor Swift reporter. Basically, Swift's fan base has grown to an unprecedented height. So has the significance of her music growing legacy. We're looking for a writer, photographer, social media pro who can quench an undeniable thirst for all things Taylor Swift with a steady stream of content across multiple platforms. Basically, Taylor Swift is so huge, they need to hire somebody whose only job is to churn out T-Swift content. So Can Mike, you're you applying, right, Gojo? You, did you already? Oh yeah, this whole this whole yeah. podcast today has been my application for this job. DKN, I hate that you have to find out this way, but if I get it, I'm gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I ask a question here, though? Yeah. That, that, that I, I didn't hear in this. Mike, would you still take the job even if d does this person get access to Taylor Swift? No, 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 buddy, buddy, no. buddy. That's you saw how hard it was for Travis Kelsey. You think they're going to give a writer access to well, her? No, I, 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 listen, I was just asking. It's a national, you know, publication. I was just wondering what came with the job because that would be one of the first questions I would ask is. What kind of act do they have backstage access, side of the stage access? Where no. where is their access? I mean, or is it just, you know, do you get any kind of ticket to the concert and just write about the concert? I'm I'm gonna need to find out a little more. Oh, Mike, yeah, you're just jumping right into it anything, and taking this job. I need some more info. If anything, they would probably her security team will probably print this person's picture out and make sure that they have no access yes. to her. Oh. Yeah, it's not about access. It's about the lifestyle, man. Honestly, what I want to know is thinking about this, because your job, and it would be for the Tennessean, which is the USA Today's newspaper there, obviously a local affiliation. Someone is going to get to make their journalistic life about Taylor Swift. And we've seen classes taught about Taylor Swift songwriting. She's arrived at that level where she's both studied and covered like that. What I want to know is who got there on the ground floor. Because remember, Brian Windhorst, his entire career has basically been made by following LeBron James during his rise and becoming one of the most prominent NBA insiders. I want to know who the Brian Windhorst of Taylor Swift is, if we can track down the journalist that has somehow, some way, managed to make that happen. So let me ask you this, though. Brian Windhorst could go and watch LeBron James play all the time. If you got this job... How many Taylor Swift concerts could you go to in a row? These are three and a half hour concerts, which wear you out as fans. Could you do concert after concert after concert? God gives his toughest battles to me, his strongest soldier, and I promise I would take up my sword and shield for that woman and make it happen and maybe get to hang out with Travis Kelsey in the process. We hope you enjoyed hanging out with us. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com and YouTube, and come hang out with us tomorrow as we get ready to take a look ahead at Thursday Night Football. We will talk to Hall of Famer Warren Moon, recent retired star Kyle Rudolph, and more. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.